When I first became interested in the ethical fashion world, I felt like I was basically walking around in a dark room and I could not see anything and I didn't know where I was going. And I was calling out asking if anybody could help me. It was a very lonely experience because I just felt like there were no resources out there. There was there was nowhere to point me in the right direction of how to shop ethically or what brands to support or what it looked like to really be a conscious consumer. So I created things like my ethical brand directory and I created a Facebook group for people who wanted to connect and talk about these issues. But I wanted to find kind of a central online platform, almost like like a New York Times for the ethical world. And then a few years later, I found The Good Trade. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, a nonprofit director, and a community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Amy Ann Cadwell, the co-founder and CEO of The Good Trade. Founded in LA in November 2014, The Good Trade is a digital media and lifestyle brand that covers sustainable fashion and lifestyle. It's created for those seeking to live an inspired and intentional life. The Good Trade was built on the fundamental idea that consumers are capable of driving significant social change through their everyday purchases, consumer preferences, and lifestyle choices. It's an incredible publication. If you have not already checked it out, you need to go do that right now. But I, like I said, I am personally a reader of The Good Trade and have followed them for the past few years. So I was really excited to get Amy Ann on the show to hear all about how it got started. You will love this conversation. So without further ado, here's Amy Ann. I have been a reader of The Good Trade since, like, pretty much since you started. So, Amy Ann, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So, welcome and and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love what the content you produce. I mean, your site is beautiful. The content you produce is incredible. Um, It's one of those sites that The Good Trade is, is one of those places, like, when people are beginning to learn about what it looks like to shop ethically or learn about social impact business or zero waste or whatever. It's one of those resources I always send to them. And it's awesome. it's just beautiful. And so yeah, I can't wait to hear your story and the story of the good trade. So we're going to dive right in and I'm going to have you give us the Amy Ann 101. So tell us your story and tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, well, I first pursued social impact really as an academic interest. Um, my undergraduate work was in development economics as I had a passion for poverty alleviation and um, sustainable solutions to global social and economic problems. So um, I became really curious about like microfinance and entrepreneurship as sustainable solutions for poverty alleviation. Um, so that was kind of my my undergrad and I was working in the nonprofit sector and that led me to um, doing my master's seeking out a graduate degree in social entrepreneurship. Um, and that was so formative for me because I was kind of 
um, quickly exposed to all of these companies that existed really with purpose at the center of their reason for being. Yeah. Um, and it was such a, it was such an eye opener for me. It was also at that time. Um, I remember it was just after I started graduate school that I watched the documentary, the true cost. Yes. Um, that's yeah, what I recommend and, to everyone. That's another yes. one of those resources that I'm like, you just need to go on Netflix. You yeah. need to go watch it right now and yeah. it will change your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a huge wake up call for me personally because it's a documentary brought in full force and full color um, the reality of fast fashion mm -hmm. and how fast fashion is depleting the earth's resources and leveraging really slave labor to pass on a, a cheap in quotations, cheap um, cost to the mm -hmm. end consumer. And so it was like this really interesting parallel between this work that I was doing um, in my studies and nonprofit work in the developing world to help people, uh, you know, to really look at systems and cycles of poverty and then to actually look at fashion, something that yeah. I, you know, touched every day and was a part of this cycle and to realize the impact, the human impact of it was, um, really kind of life-changing for me and something until that point I really hadn't thought very much if anything about and so um so it was in my graduate work I, I just began reading and researching everything I could about labor issues and finding quickly that that hundreds of billions of dollars of profit are generated um from forced laborers who produce the products that we eat and use and wear and bring into our homes every day and um, I think I just developed this, this heart sickness and this anger over corporate aims to maximize shareholder value with like so little regard for yeah. how these companies actually impact, yeah. um, their community and the planet. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I think I just became so curious about my own role as a consumer to support businesses that actually aligned with values that I had for fair labor practices and sustainability. And so this ultimately led to launching the good trade, um, in 2014. That's incredible. And your story is very similar to mine. Not in that I have like this as a, an education. Yeah. Uh, I didn't study, you know, poverty sure. alleviation yeah. or anything. I was an, I was an English major in college. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, it really was sort of this, I was introduced to the idea, the notion of fair trade. And I started to learn about what it looked like to run um, a business that has an impact on ending poverty. And I saw firsthand in Kenya, the impact that a job could have on a person's life, a community, yeah. the, the country at large, the you know yeah. the continent of Africa, and into the Western world. I mean, it, it just yeah. it opened up my eyes. And then when I saw the true cost, um, and then I read the book, and I can't remember who the name of the author, but the surprisingly cheap cost of or the surprisingly high cost of uh, cheap fashion. Uh huh. And that between that book and the true cost, I my eyes were just like it was kind of like I was doing one of those like mind-blowing yeah. moments where yeah. <sighs> what is happening right now and I, I yeah because I had no idea you, you heard about you know the sweatshops in the 90s yeah. with Nike and and it just kind of it was like out of sight out of mind nobody was talking exactly. about it anymore yeah and then all of a sudden we realized wait a second this is actually an issue that is still going on 
Yeah. Um, and you said something that I get a question about all the time. Um, and I want to dive into that a little bit more. And you said you were sure. curious about your own role as a consumer. And yeah. this is a, an objection I hear from people all the time where they say, I am just one person. I am just one consumer. I can't, you know, it, nothing's going to change if I just change my own habits. And I always want to yeah. just say like, but then if everybody has that attitude, then nobody will do anything. Right. Um, so <laughs> I'd love to kind of dive into that a little bit more because, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of just educate some of the, the yeah. listeners who maybe have that sort of thought in their mind where they just think, well, but I'm just one consumer. It doesn't matter if I shop at Walmart or it doesn't matter yeah. if I shop at Forever 21 or whatever it is. Um, how do we begin to combat that mentality and how do we realize the impact that our purchases actually do have when we when we think of them in a collective fashion yeah 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 I think it's a really powerful question I think part of our motivation starting the good trade was this fundamental belief that as consumers we are collectively capable of actually making huge shifts in um, kind of global economic, power. And so the power of the individual, I think that conversation has to kind of come back to personal values. I think as consumers, we have maybe a responsibility to question the status quo and support companies and lifestyle decisions that align with our own personal values. Yeah. I think that's something that's more like I want to be an integrated person. I want to, um, that, that, that is a very like person to person value. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily something that, um, I can tell someone else, you know, what yeah. their values are or how they should, um, you know, act in the world. And, and I think one thing that we've like run into in building this community is that, we all have competing values. So we have to take care of our children and our families mm -hmm. and um, sustainable fashion and the sustainability kind of whole environment can be really inaccessible um, at times and price prohibitive. And um, so I think that that's another way that we look at talking about minimalism and we talk about kind of just living slower and ways that we as consumers have power to not only change like this huge corporate um, kind of structure, but also make our own lives better mm -hmm. and, and, um, improve the kind of our day-to-day -day life with our own families and our own communities by, by moving slower in the world and thinking more thoughtfully about what we bring into our lives and our homes. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny, you t you talk about like minimalism and, um, you know, it's a very, it's been a very hot topic for a few years, yeah. but then now we have like yeah. the resurgence of Marie Kondo with her yes. ne Netflix show <laughs> and everybody's like, y'all ahead to the thrift stores, all the yeah. good stuff is there. Thanks, Marie Kondo. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting yeah. to me because for me, like I'm, de I mean, I have young kids, so I'm yeah. not a minimalist because it's really difficult to be a minimalist sure. when you have yeah. kids bringing in trinkets every four and a half minutes um, and they're like look at the look at these 19 rocks I just found that are all <laughs> equally important to me and I'm like mm -hmm, yeah. okay sure uh, anyway uh, yeah. but yeah it, it's I, I would say for me 
while I am not a minimalist by nature, I do I do love a good purge. I do love getting rid yeah. of things. But it shopping ethically has just made me more thoughtful. So I yeah. buy less because yes. I realize I don't actually need this thing. I don't yeah. I like I still love Target, but I say that all the time. But I can walk into Target and I can walk yeah. out without buying, you know, this random thing in the dollar spot that I didn't actually yeah. need. Yeah. And because it's just made me more thoughtful overall about the things that I buy. Um, yeah. And when we do that and we do, like you said, we do just start to slow down and we start to be thoughtful about our purchases and thoughtful about the things that bring we bring into our home. And, you know, if Marie Kondo is for you, great. If it's not, <laughs> then, you know, um, you know, there are lessons that I think we can. You don't have to thank your sweaters. Like, it's okay. Yes. You don't have to physically thank your sweaters. But if if it's just a matter of when you go to purchase something, you think, does this actually serve a purpose? Like, do I yeah. need this thing? And nine times out of 10, the answer is probably no. No. <laughs> and, and one of the things that has been most helpful for me in like my own closet cleanouts and things like that yeah. like, is not even just que- asking the question, does this spark joy, but more does this item or does this thing, like, would I buy it if it were in the store today? Again, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah, I just did a closet clean out and I was thinking, <laughs> will I, would I actually wear this in the next month or two? And that was such a refining question to ask because yeah. I hold on to so many things that I'm like, well, maybe if this <laughs> happens or that happens, yes. you know? And yeah. I think I think you're totally right. I think our ideas about how much stuff we're supposed to have in our lives are is just wrong. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you compare kind of the way that we live now with the way that even generations behind us have lived, um, it, just the actual physical amount of things is so many times multiplied. And it does do a disservice, I think, to the satisfaction and the joy that we get from those those things. But it also has a detrimental impact on, on the planet and on... Um, on the potentially on the people who created those things at mass. And so, yeah, I think it's exactly, I think it's exactly what you're saying. Like when you start thinking about ethical consumption, I think you inherently think about buying less things in general and making fewer purchases that really count in terms of quality, ethics, and durability. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to all of that. Um, so you launched the good trade in 2014 and you said that, you know, this was just really stemming from your heart for educating consumers and talking about these brands that you were discovering. Did you, I mean, I know you studied, you know, sort of poverty alleviation and microfinance and all those kinds of social entrepreneurship in school, but did you have a degree in like journalism or were you know were you inter- was that something you were interested in were you a writer by nature like how yeah. did the, how did the idea really come about and how did you yeah. sort of flesh it out when in the early stages yeah well a couple ways so yeah it's funny it's funny that you say that because i'm having a memory of my mom 
I should reshare this memory with her, but um, I was probably early in high school and she was like, you are going to be a writer. And um, I remember that just kind of sticking with me. And then when it, when it got time to, um, you know, pursue my undergrad and graduate degree, I remember thinking, kind of having her voice in my head and thinking, I need something to write about. Like I want to master a, um, kind of, a, a, a topic area that I'm deeply passionate about. And at that time and, and still continuing it related back to, to kind of the economics of how our world works and, and trade and who's benefiting from that and who's not and, um, kind of the social impact of, of the economy. And so, um, but yeah, I kind of have always had this desire to write and, and create, um, and, so that was, I think that was just a seed planted. Um, but no, I don't have a journalism <laughs> degree. <laughs> Although I think you can learn, you know, you can learn as you go different, yeah. oh, different, sure. um, different crafts. And then the other thing that happened that I think was just really kind of wonderful and fortunate was my husband and I, um, we met and married in Kansas city. Um, and that's where we lived before, before LA. And we started a blog there that was, um, just all about the town and kind of local businesses and local, um, restaurants that were popping up in the city. And it was completely a hobby, completely a side thing. We were both, you know, working full time and I was in school and all of that. And then when we moved to LA, we sold the publication. And when we got to LA and I was in my graduate work, I was like, oh, I just want to do this again, this site digital publication thing, because it was so much fun. And so, um, so I think it was kind of a natural fit between something I had done a bit before. And then also, you know, what I was really learning and passionate about. And, and at the same time I was, you know, in starting the good trade, I was thinking so much about my own family and friends who were, disturbed by what was happening behind fast fashion and other industries. But none of us, especially at that time, you know, now four or five years ago, like really none of us knew where to start, um, to change our lifestyle and spending habits. And so, um, so it just felt like a really kind of organic way to start sharing what I was learning with people that were also curious about this. I'm having so much fun chatting with Amy Ann, and I just wanted to break for a moment to thank our sponsor of the show, which is The Root Collective. As you know, The Root Collective is my favorite favorite shoe company. And why? Because they are by far the most complimented shoes that I own. Actually, as I am recording this, I am wearing my mustard Gabby ballet flats, one of easily my most worn shoes in my closet. But here's what I love so much about the Root Collective. It's not just that they are my most complimented shoes, but it's that those compliments lead to a story about how my shoes are ethically made, they're empowering communities, and they are investing in change through job creation. From boots to flats to so many amazing styles, and they really are the best shoes ever. You will love the Root Collective. So visit stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use the code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use the code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. Okay, so without further ado, back to my chat with Amy Ann. 
it's such a need in this area. And like I said, when you guys started and I, I was like, the, yes, this is what uh, like we yeah. need a, it's like the I, I it's almost like the Huff Post for you know, or, or the BuzzFeed. No, it's not the BuzzFeed. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just this I love it. Sort yeah. of yeah, the, the BuzzFeed of the ethical world is just like here's yeah. sort of this this kind of hub, this resource. For yeah. so many different people, you have some amazing contributors. I actually had uh, one of your contributors, uh, Cassia um, uh, Kasia Benkowski, on yes. the show uh, a couple Cassia. weeks ago or a couple months ago. And awesome. I'm like, what day is it? I don't even know. Um, is it 2019? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so, so you got started, and how did you? What did you envision? it would eventually grow to be like did you just think it was yeah. going to be something this this passion project for you and your husband did you realize like the the growth that it would have how yeah. did you you know how did you envision all of that yeah that's a great question i um i did envision it as a passion project it was definitely like a hobby and a side hustle and um i think it was probably a full year before i thought of it as anything else. Um, be, but we just saw so much momentum. Mm -hmm. I think it was just, there was so much, um, reader interest and so many questions and so much, um, kind of hunger for the topic that it really began to transition in my mind as something like, oh, this deserves attention. This conversation deserves a full team, a studio, yeah. you know, this deserves, um, a, a really dedicated, um, uh, uh, attention. And so, yeah, so it, it, it grew very organically in that sense. And, uh, even in my own mind and aspirations, and I definitely didn't sit down with a business plan or anything like that initially, but, um, probably about a year in, I, I, brought in mentors and advisors and created a business plan and, um, moved to full time and quit my job and, um, you know, started hiring people. And so it, it made that transition, but I think it was very much like, oh, this is here because this, there's so much, um, excitement about living more consciously and this deserves, um, more. Yeah. Absolutely. And the more eyes, the more ways we can get creative in drawing attention to these things. And yeah. I am a sucker for beautiful design and beautiful photography yeah. and good writing. And so you just encompass all of those things on the site. Um, so uh, I'd love for you just to kind of share, you know, if somebody listening has never visited the good trade or never read anything that you guys have produced, um, what is sort of like what do I, what do you call like the gateway drug into yeah. <laughs> the good trade? Like what is, what would be the, the thing that you would encourage people to check out that would end them or, you know, put them in the rabbit hole? Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, the side door entrance, that's really like the golden gate is <laughs> our daily newsletter um, for women. Um, so, so we have this site, which is, you know, our first baby and reaches several million people every month. And uh, we cover conscious fashion, beauty, food, wellness, travel, lifestyle, 
uh, across the website. And we have an amazing team of contributors writing into all of those things. But if someone, you know, was new to us and kind of new to the whole, um, maybe even the whole conversation, I would totally recommend our daily newsletter. It's um, just for women. It's called The Daily Good. And every morning we send out uh, three to four recommendations to kind of make their day better essentially, but it's yeah. all in the conscious living space. So a podcast episode to listen to, um, a, uh, like an artist or a social good Instagram account to follow an article to read. Um, and it's kind of the, uh, a place and a community. We have now over 70,000 women on that list. Um, it's a really thriving community of women who care about like slow fashion and feminism. That's yeah. kind of the intersection there. Um, but it's a great way to kind of hear about our content too, because we're sharing articles from the good trade, kind of like the cream of the crop, the stuff we're the most proud of on the site we're sharing in the newsletter. Um, and so that's a great way to just kind of start to engage with with our community and the content we're sharing. Yes, it is amazing. I can vouch for it. I love it. So um, that's a great, that is a great recommendation. Um, You know, I love to ask this question when I have conversations with people who work in this space. Um, Is there a particular, and I don't like to say this exact term, but it is the only thing that comes to mind at this current moment, but like your light bulb moment, your defining moment in when you realized the impact that we can have in a positive way on our communities, on another community. Is there a particular moment where you just said, yes, this is why I do what I do? Um, That's a great question. I mean, I think my first light bulb moment was the true cost. That was just, that was like a light bulb to the need. Um, And then I think there have been, many light bulbs along the way in terms of um, what kind of actually keeps me going is reader responses to pieces that we're writing where we see an overwhelming amount of people who are like, yes, I, you know, yes, where was the plus size ethical fashion roundup? Like where was, uh, you know, diversity or inclusion talking about these kind of themes, these um, representing LGBTQ issues in the ethical and conscious space. Like these are things where we might write a piece and then we get so much reader feedback and, and reader insights. I mean, so much of what we do is fueled by readers coming back and being like, you miss this brand that I love. Or, you you know, you're not thinking about this, this side of it. Or, um, and so I think that interaction with readers and that feedback is where I feel like, oh my goodness, you know, there are, um, thousands, there are millions of people that have come through our site that are caring about these issues. And to see that, to see it on an individual level, like an actual person who's commenting and giving their ideas and resources, but then to actually see the larger numbers um, and to know like this is actually happening on a collective level that um, has massively changed the industry in just the five years that that kind of I've, we've been thinking about this and we've been around like the, we, we launched, this would maybe be another light bulb as we launched, um, our 
guide to fair trade fashion brands that are betting against fast fashion. We, we, it was a guide of 35 brands. We launched it really at the beginning, I think of when we started the good trade and we update that, um, at least twice a year. Um, and it's still one of our most, you know, uh, visited resources. And when we started that, when we launched that piece, I cannot even tell you how hard it was to find 35 ethical fashion brands five years ago. And now there are hundreds, I know hundreds and like the criteria that we have for who goes on that list in terms of like, um, you know, of course, ethics and sustainability, but then also things like range, size range and um, product range and diversity and inclusion represented in their brand. And, um, you know, things like shipping and price accessibility and all of that. Now we're actually getting to pick and choose brands with all of that criteria. But five years ago, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to find, we cannot even find a couple of dozen brands that that we would consider in the space. So that is directly a result of consumer interest. It is because consumers care and that that's where they're directing their, their interest and their dollars. And, um, it's a huge impact and we've come a long way in four or five years. Yeah. Well, that segues to kind of my next question is what has been your biggest success or your biggest win that you just personally, kind of almost had that yeah. like, is this real life kind of moment yeah. like you know what I mean um, yeah I'd love to hear that yeah um I think one of them was that fair trade fashion guide when we hit two or three million views on that it was like okay we're doing this like yeah. okay there is so much um that that's actually a lot more people than I thought we're interested in this. And, and I think that was such a great indicator. Um, I think another, another win that I feel, you know, really thankful for is the daily good is our, our daily newsletter and the way that that community, um, has grown and the, we receive notes many times a week from women who are like, this is just what I needed to start my day or I, you know, this gets me up in the morning or this is such a big part of my routine. And, um, that has uh, like our whole team, we read those, um, aloud to each other at our weekly meetings. And it's like, Oh, the warmth in the room for feeling like we can support women in their, in their mornings and their, um, day to days is for me is like, Oh, that's, you know, I want to get up and do that every day. So that's that's a huge win. That is awesome. I just love that perspective and I love hearing you get excited about the impact that you're get that you're having on so many people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I always love to hear the stories when people are just like, "Yes, this is this is why yeah. I do what I do." Like, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm pinch me. Is this real life? Yeah, that's just that's yeah. so fun for me. Um, well, Thank Amy Ann, this is the portion of the show. This is one of my favorite times of the show where we get to transition a little bit and just ask some fun, lighthearted questions to get to know you a little bit more. Awesome. Like, who is Amy <laughs> <Okay>. Ann? <laughs> so um, as my listeners know, this is also the portion of the show where my amazing and talented executive producer husband introduces or inserts a television or movie clip of some sort to transition us. So who knows what it's going to be? We never know. We never know. I love it. All right, Amy Ann, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, buddy boy, here it is. You hide my clothes, 
I'm wearing everything you own. Oh, my God! That is so not the opposite of taking somebody's underwear. Look at me. I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? Maybe if I wasn't going commando. I'll tell you, it's hot with all this stuff on. I, uh, I better not do any, I don't know, lunges. First question is, what is your most unusual talent? Oh, oh, what comes to my mind is I can, like, cross my eyes really crazy, and I was <laughs> born cross-eyed. <laughs> I've so had many your... surgeries to correct this, oh and yeah, I can still do the craziest things. <laughs> it's, like, it's your party trick. <laughs> This is my party trick. It does not come out very often. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Um, (laughs) What is your who or what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, like I would say what would be like, you know, like a black grizzly mama bear. And (laughs) that. Just like that strength and feminine like power is what I hope to embody in my life. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yes. You be that mama bear. Okay. You be that mama bear. I love it. Um, Okay. Would you rather have unlimited sushi or unlimited tacos for life? Oh, I'd have to go tacos. Yes. Yeah. I knew I liked you. Now, don't get me wrong. I love sushi, y'all, but the world is a better place with tacos. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> tacos are pretty great. Yes. All right. What cheesy song do you have completely memorized? Oh, so many cheesy songs. <laughs> I mean, I would have to say, like, of the moment, Thank You Next is, like, pretty Ariana Grande's having her moment uh. in my life right now. <laughs> You can just apply it to anything, you know, that's bothering you or upsetting you. And you're like, all right, thank you. Next. Next. (laughs) Next. It's so funny because as I as I ask those questions, sometimes I like think about like, what's my answer in my head? And I was like, why does the entire like tape, not CD, but tape of Ace of Base like come to mind? Oh, my God. That's amazing. Give me all of the Ace of Base. Um, I love it. Or Soul for Real. Oh, man. Soul for Real. Candy Rain. Anybody? <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, we're going back to the 90s. It's fine. Uh, okay. It. What thing do you do every day that you wish could be automated? Like automated as in I don't have to do yeah, it? Yeah, like you don't have to do it. Like it's just done for you every single day. <sighs> oh, ooh, that's hard. I I really like my life because I've worked really hard to like accept all the things I don't like. <laughs> yeah. um, but maybe my commute, but I really can't say that because I live in LA and my commute is like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my, 10 minutes for an LA commute is like, you basically it's live next wonderful. door. It's pretty wonderful. But um, yeah, I'd probably do that or anything travel. Like I just, my anxiety with commuting or I do a lot of plane travel and it's like not, my favorite thing but I'm working on it there are a lot of ways to make it more fun I love to travel and I normally am completely fine on planes but I was coming back from Phoenix last week and we were it was crazy just wind and all this stuff anyway we were landing in 
RDU, um, Raleigh Durham, and yeah. the wind was so insane. Oh. It was like literally <sighs> blowing the plane from side to side. And there was a point at which I thought like it, it just kept dropping us. And then oh, at one no. point, like it, when we got on the runway, the wind was so insane. Like I thought we were going to go off the runway. It was just I, I normally don't get freaked out. And I even looked at my husband. I was like, OK, I'm glad that flight's done. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Those. Those moments are, they can be really terrifying <laughs> really and just, can. you know, they're very isolated, but. Yeah. And I, I have, so- last year I interviewed um, uh, Dave Sanderson, who was a survivor of the Miracle on the Hudson plane crash. Oh my God. Yeah, I had him oh my on, gosh. I had him on the show and the entire interview, my jaw was just wide open. Because oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so, oh my God. I mean, I highly recommend that episode because it actually was a really like fascinating I'll totally interview. totally go listen. Yeah, but what it a was, great yeah. story. I'm but sure. it also really made my anxiety. Really yeah, totally, totally. Oh god. Well, I, I, you know, and plane travel is so safe, but car travel is not. No. But when you just put them together, yeah. it's just a lot. You just think that you're like, <laughs> but if I were to, you know, I, it just, but if I, if I'm in a plane crash. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying anyway. Okay. I'm like really elevating some people's <laughs> anxieties right now. I'm real sorry. Go listen to Dave's because everybody survived on that flight. Yes, so it's exactly. fine. He gives tips Happy on ending. what to do if you're ever in a plane crash and you land on water wow. and how to survive. So okay. yeah, there you go, everyone. You are welcome. Um, we are prepared. We are prepared. Okay. And then this is my last question that I love um, to ask all of my guests. And that is, what are you most grateful for today? I am most grateful for my husband and my dog, and we're bringing home a new dog this weekend. Um, I'm thankful for, yeah, for family and the relationships in my life. Yes, that is so important. And, you know, never taking those things for granted is something I try to do each and every day. So, Amy Ann, this has just been absolutely wonderful. Such a pleasure to have you oh, on the show. Thank you, Molly. So appreciative. And uh, for everybody listening, as always, I will have Amy Ann's information along with all the links to The Good Trade, including links to the true cost and things like that in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. Amy Ann, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Molly. Amy Ann was just as sweet as I knew she would be, and I... I'm just an even bigger fan of The Good Trade than I was before we even sat down to have this conversation. So I hope you will check out this beautiful online publication. Subscribe to their newsletter, The Daily Good. You will love it. I also would love to know what you loved about this episode or maybe something that you learned. So let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business With Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And you can use the hashtag Business With Purpose Podcast to share the show with a friend. Sharing the show with a friend really is the biggest way you can support me and support this show. Another huge thank you to our sponsor, The Root Collective. Don't forget to head on over to stillbeingmolly.com slash TRC and use that coupon code PURPOSE20 for 20% off your order. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, hey, new friend, be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and so many stories of people who are changing the world with what they do for a living. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Thank you so much for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Play, whichever 
podcast app you love the most and make sure you are subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you take a quick moment to leave a five-star review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, the show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with help from Mark Haywood, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening, and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Thank you.